Welcome to the Liberty Block. This is Alu Axelman. We have a great guest here, a local New Hampshire candidate for state representative for the first time, Mr. Tom Mannion. Thank you very much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, man. This is fantastic. You are running for state rep. You're a pro-liberty Republican, running as a Republican in the primary in the town of Pelham. That's correct. Yep. We got uh, six people running for four seats, so I got a primary up ahead of me September 13th. And the town of Pelham, New Hampshire, is which district? Uh, it's currently Hillsborough One. We just got our own. Uh, we used to be split, uh, split with Hudson, uh, mm -hmm. but now we have our own district, and we're Hillsborough One. Okay, so just the town of Pelham. There are going to be four seats. Yep. Yep. Four seats. Town. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, it's pretty decent. <laughs> okay. We used to have like eleven shared with Hudson, and Hudson mm -hmm. was like a bulk of it, and uh, they used to always have the majority of the candidates because they had a bigger population, so they would take all the seats basically. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It was an interesting district of 11 guys, mostly some good Liberty reps. So what made yep. you, what motivated you to want to run to go to the Cocker Swamp to be a, <laughs> and, and affect policy? What really motivated you? Yeah, so it, it all started in 2020, man, those lockdowns, everything to do with lockdowns. So I, I was uh, living in Massachusetts at the time. It was like uh, coming about summer 2020. And uh, I, had, I was fighting with a stupid HOA board, right? So like they locked my gym down, a two man gym fits basically nobody in it. Uh, Baker down there was just like locked down all the gyms. And I'm like, they don't, they don't mean that. They mean like Gold's gym, they don't mean that. So like I argued with them and that was my first foray into arguing with bureaucracies. So I'm arguing with them and I'm like, this is absolutely pointless. And I come up to New Hampshire and like, you guys had a lockdown, but it wasn't Massachusetts lockdown. But the <laughs> so gyms did here. close here because of Dictator Sununu. The gym's closed. And that yes. really pissed me off, to be honest. That motivated me a lot. Yeah. In a time where the metric of survival is based on like your fitness, your physical fitness was like the biggest correlation between survivability of the disease. They're going to lock gyms down, but they're going to keep your McDonald's open. Great. Fantastic. What wonderful planning. Uh, so that uh, so that's basically how it started. And I came up here and you guys were back open by this point. And I was a, I went to a hotel, was able to get in a hotel, was able to use the gym at the hotel. And I told my girlfriend, I was like, pack your bags we're moving to new hampshire that's great <laughs> so that was like the that was the impetus of it all then i came up here and i was just like looking into the how the legislature worked up here because i'm like i don't want the government up here to ever become what massachusetts is like how can we make sure this doesn't happen how do we keep like an overzealous governor from doing what like they were they, what basically every other state like i didn't want a cuomo or a whitmer or a newsom like i was like you never know like when the tides will change and the, the governorship could change and i'm looking at it and it's just like there was all this cool legislation going through and I'm like, I want to help. I want to help with these kind of things like limiting the uh, states of emergency. Like you can't just indefinitely like, oh, oh, uh, the next nine months we're in an emergency. It's not the definition of the word emergency. So you so definitely. Like, the, so Corona fascism motivated you for sure. And same here. I oh. assume you're against the vaccine mandates or against the lockdowns. You're against statewide yes. mask mandates, even if it's for public health. Yes. Yes. I mean, so like my, my, my perspective is like, if your business really wants to do masks, that's on you. That's your business. You want to go masks. I just won't shop there. It's, you know, the free market will speak for itself. The governor or towns should not be coming through like town government shouldn't be imposing their will on the people either. And that's where I do feel the role of the state government is it's to protect the rights of the people from both the federal government and super over overzealous like select boards. Like it, that's the role of the state government, in my opinion. And I would like to be a part of that. Like the local board's great, fantastic. But it's like, I want to, I want to be that middleman where I'm, I'm defending against over, overzealous federal reach and uh, looking out for the, the small town guy that just can't fight his select board. 
All right. So I'm sure you're you're spot on on Corona fascism and medical freedom. Other other than that issue, what are the big issues that that want made you want to run and that you hope to attack once you're in the legislature? So like uh, another bill that I was watching like a hawk was 1178, which is that uh, uh, gun sanctuary bill. So like that was another one I was watching really well. And I was getting like daily updates from like people in the legislature. It's like, it's not on his desk yet. It's not on his desk. He's probably going to sign it. But like all these shooters, all the shootings were happening. And it's like, he may get gun shy. The so you don't think New Hampshire state and local law enforcement should help the feds, like the great guys at the ATF no. with gun confiscation, gun control. You got to no. cooperate with I, the feds though. No, absolutely not. Never. <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, so there's an article that was out. Uh, there was a guy in Salem. Uh, he got arrested with aid of the local and state law enforcement for possession of a machine gun. And when I hear that, if that's the headline in a time where everybody's terrified of firearms and like they're, you know, or not everybody, but the select vocal minority is losing their mind over firearms. You would think that the headline would say something like discharged in a dense urban area or held up store or intended to distribute. Possession means it was just in his house and there, like he was maybe a hobbyist. We don't, I don't know the details of the case. I don't Sounds know. Sounds like there's no victim. No victim, no crime. <laughs> it's so simple. <laughs> Did you see the video recently, like two days ago of the ATF agents going to a guy's house? Uh, wait, recent in, in, it's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're muttering outside. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they, they caught him on mic just kind of mumbling about it. I, yeah, I did see the video of it. Well, it's a few ATF agents and, and this is very mm -hmm. recent. And I, I was doing some research for an article about independence, of mm -hmm. course. And it seems like there was an executive order from Biden, a few executive orders he signed over the last few months, but also there was a bill, the, the gun control bill that passed Congress mm -hmm. and Biden signed yeah. a law a few days ago. And that one of the yeah. many things did was it encouraged ATF or, or or commanded, compelled the ATF to start cracking down on straw purchases. But but it's also okay. and related to the straw purchase crap is the the multiple buyer thing. So I, I knew this because my mm -hmm. gun store owner in Merrimack, DW619, told me about this. I didn't really give a crap, but he said if you buy more mm -hmm. than two guns within like one business week, then you're like put on oh. a list or it triggers something of you're a multiple buyer. And then you're on some kind of list. So I said, I'm, on, I'm already on all the lists. Why, what's one more? So, so cause I yeah. bought multiple guns there because I'll see two good deals and I'll buy them yeah. both. Um, but what I, it's interesting is, is, so the book Presumed Guilty, it's like where they presume you're guilty and they punish you before being convicted. And then I, I was thinking mm -hmm. about that just yesterday at work. I was watching the video and they, these ATF agents go to his house and say, hey man, you're not in trouble or anything, but can we just come in and look at all your guns and stuff and harass you and, and essentially punish you and make you uncomfortable with our big guns? Yeah. Because what did I do? Oh, nothing. Just a straw purchase crap. They want us to crack down more. You bought two guns. We just want to make sure you are who you are and all that stuff. It's yeah. a serial number. But they were harassing him, which is a punishment because some would say harassment is a punishment. Before, and he was never convicted. In fact, they didn't even like mention any crime. They said you bought two guns, which is not a crime. Yeah, exactly. It, I mean, that's that's way that's the kind of federal overreach I would completely reject because that's absolutely unacceptable. Was that in Delaware? Like what? State I don't know that? what state that was. OK, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's so in that video, uh, there were local law enforcement with the ATF. right? So. so the one saving grace here is I would assume I would assume that 1178 would help uh, if the ATF want to go door knocking, they're going to have to do it by themselves. They're going to have to find well, you it would because. What's funny, and the reason that I wasn't super jacked up about 1178, like a lot of other Liberty guys were, yeah. is is the, yeah. the House actually amended it with with an amendment that n almost nullified yes. the whole bill 95%. It said, but you can cooperate or you should cooperate with the feds if there's any crime ever in the universe, then you cooperate. But right, right. So in this case, it was a rare case where literally nobody in the world alleged any crime. 
Usually yeah. the ATF agents say we're investigating a crime theoretically yeah. some, somewhere in the world a crime happened. In this case, they straight yeah. up said, you're not in any trouble. There's no crime that occurred yeah. in the universe. We're literally, because you bought two guns, which is not a crime, it's 100% legal, there's a trigger where we mm-hmm. have to come and, and harass you a bit. So you're right. Yeah. In that case, there was really no crime. In this one case. And maybe that guy in Salem would not be getting harassed either. But I don't know. I don't know the details of the guy in Salem, but. I see the word possession and someone going, getting arrested for the word possession really bothers me. Like it's, he yeah. just owned it, it was so, just in his house, in his basement. So aside from the federal laws, does that, as I'm sure you know, in New Hampshire, we have what it seems like zero gun laws besides for carrying in courthouses being prohibited. We have yeah. no gun laws. The only laws that affect us, like you said, are federal in nature. So once we Correct. are independent, yes. we'll, have, we'll have no laws. Um, like the yep. suppressor laws, SBR machine guns, they're all federal. Uh, and, and the next yeah. background checks for handguns and everything, that's all federal. Um, so yeah. one, once we are independent, inevitably in the next few years, you won't support any restrictions on, on no. any firearms at all? Absolutely not. I mean, if I, I mean, if I own a destructive device and I damage your property, we have laws on the books already for me damaging your property. Me owning a destructive device is not, I mean, it's unwise. I wouldn't leave something like that laying in my basement. I personally wouldn't own one, but I wouldn't sell okay. anybody. Especially if like, imagine you own like acres and acres of land and you just want to shoot AT4s in your backyard. backyard. I have a hard question for you. I yeah, assume you don't support any restrictions on the possession for gun rights. Um, That's correct. Especially in the Constitution, which as a voluntarist, I don't care about the Constitution, but I'm sure some of your voters do. I, I also kind of care about the Constitution. You do or you don't? <laughs> I do. I do. Okay. I, I mean, the thing with the Constitution is like, I keep hearing like comedians, uh, what's that guy, Michael Malice say stuff. It's like, so the, the purpose of the, the Constitution is to uh, restrict the government from infringing on your rights. How's that going failed. for you? Yeah, failed. <laughs> So, so in the Constitution, no. what I realized a few months ago is the Second Amendment says shall not be infringed, and there's no asterisk or, or other qualifier, which actually some <laughs> amendments do. I'm serious. The Fourth Amendment, yeah. the Fifth Amendment do. It says you can't do certain Except. things, but a broad probable cause. Yeah. So, so they yeah, knew exactly. about that, and the founders chose not to. They did not yeah, yeah. say shall not be infringed except for felons and minors. Yeah, Meaning, I, I agree with you. They yeah. said that, that the federal government, at least, cannot restrict any felons, even murderers, or even minors, even six-year-olds. Does that make right. you uncomfortable? So, no, that doesn't make me uncomfortable. Uh, I'm actually- Why not? You want to get five-year-old guns? <laughs> I mean, I, I would like them to be properly trained, but I would like adults to be properly trained. I don't. I wouldn't require it. It's just like- the whole uh, daddy give me permission thing isn't how I want to live my life with anything. And like it, it, parents should be allowed to raise their children however they want. It, like it, I came from a house that was all Democrats, right? So like I didn't, I didn't handle a firearm until I joined the Marine Corps. I'd never seen one, never handled one before in my life. But there was guys that I was serving with who had literally, as you described, like since they were like basically toddlers, they were handling firearms out on ranches and stuff. So they were taught weapon safety at an extremely young age. And I think that's something that our culture should be encouraging. Like yeah, and full disclosure, I, as soon as I heard my wife was pregnant, within a few weeks, I saw an LCP-22, so tiny pistol mm-hmm. and a 22 LR, and I bought it for our baby. Um, so as soon as the baby, I'll give our baby some time once it's born in January, yeah. once it can like lift its head and, and have some arm muscle and grip it, the baby's yeah. like LCP-22, he, can, he or she can be strapped. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> walk outside, they're old enough to be strapped. So, and New Hampshire, again, has yeah, no restrictions. Enough on minors if the parent feels they could give them a gun. But again, my baby, or even my baby is 17, 18, cannot buy a pistol mm-hmm. from an FFL mm-hmm. because of a federal right. law. There's a federal mm-hmm. law that says if That's you're correct. 21, you don't have rights and you can't buy a pistol, right? So 
the the one thing that like this so the whole murky thing of like where exactly does the commerce clause end like what exactly falls under the jurisdiction of the federal government these are things that i would like these are uh, so i don't know the state i probably should have done the research here but i could have swore that our uh gun our gun um uh, sanctuary bill was modeled after a couple states and uh but one of which i, I want to say it's missouri had something in there where the Missouri's says, way like, better way better are they the ones that have the thing that says like commerce clause but does not affect if you want to buy a suppressor you don't need it yes because stamp. because what missouri did missouri i think is the best um and kansas is okay. the states, but missouri was one of the first and the best nullification laws because they yes. said the commerce clause can't apply if we make it in the state sell it in the state and only use it in the yep. state it never crosses the boundaries yep. now under the Supreme Court case, Wickard versus Stolberg, they would disagree. They say that because everything in the universe affects the broader industry, oh, uh, because if yeah. you buy suppressors there, you're buying less from SIG in New Hampshire, that's interstate. So that's what Wickard versus Stolberg in the Supreme Court case said. Yeah. So they said everything in the universe affects commerce right. in other states, so everything is commerce clause. But yeah, Missouri, they, they that said- one was, in was Missouri, that more about stamp, drugs? Um, what was that about? The uh, that that Supreme Court case, I know that they used that excuse when they were raiding the um, marijuana dispensaries in I want to say. No, this is a long time ago. That case was about a guy in like Iowa, Nebraska border or something, or or, or like Logan, okay. Iowa, where he let his cows grain on his oat grass, graze on his own, <laughs> oh. own grass, and because he was buying less grass and wheat from from other states because he was giving his cows his own food, how dare he give his cows his own food? But it was hurting the Iowa wheat market. I'm telling I'm telling right. you, this is psychotic stuff we're talking yeah. about. Tyranny yeah. is psychotic. So, like I used to be more pessimistic about like the, the US in general, but like I mean, I think that like SCOTUS, I don't know if like Clarence Thomas just have a bone to pick with the Biden administration, which he very well may, but I I I I'm a little bit hopeful there may be sunny days ahead where maybe they start like reevaluating old cases. Like if they're gonna if they're gonna tackle Roe, I think that we could hopefully see some kind of like, well, okay, that like all these cases where it's just like, we we claim supremacy over all things, quote unquote, interstate commerce. That's been going back since, what, like uh, FDR, like how far back that goes back where they started like flexing. The, oh no, it's like, we if, it, if you sell it across state lines, we control it entirely in and out. Like that's, Commerce Clause needs to be tackled. Like Yeah, but, but other Wicker versus Stillburg, what they're saying is that me, Alu, selling Liberty Block hats and books to my friend Tom in Pelham, yep. Yep. is under the Commerce Clause regulated by the feds because whenever you buy hats and books from me, that's less books and hats you're buying from Texas. That's such a yeah, It's really the most important <laughs> thing I've heard in my life. Yeah, that's really bad. Under that metric, they can regulate my small business of selling books. Mm -hmm. It's only in New Hampshire. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. I, I did completely disagree with any interpretation like that. That's a terrible interpretation. Well, within a few years, we want to worry about the Supreme Court and we'll, we'll get to that why as far as independence. So We'll, we'll see, man. Other, other <laughs> Then the gun control, the corona fascism. You have a, a few other things on your website. It looks like yeah. you are not a big fan of taxation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's theft, of course. Uh, I think that's uh, there doesn't need to be a whole lot more said there. I do believe it's theft. So yeah. <laughs> if you're going to be uh, told you must pay this or we're going to come arrest you, I don't see how that's not a crime. But. Yeah, sounds like extortion to me. And you, you have <laughs> uh, another page on your site about education. I assume you support education freedom. Yeah, the education freedom accounts are fantastic. When I first started reading about them at this, at, uh, you know, before I even moved here, I was like, that's such a cool idea. Like the problem, the, I guess the problem here is that a, a majority of the education is paid for it with using your local property taxes, which is kind of good because then it doesn't go into the big bureaucracy and then redistribute it down like a la the Federal Department of Education. Uh, 
so the education freedom accounts only have so much leeway where they have only have so many funds available. I'd love to expand it so that there's no like right now there's an income cap. So like if you make over, I think, 80 something thousand a year, like collective income, you can't even use the program. Mm -hmm. So that means they just take your money and use it however they decide to use it. Uh, and I, I disagree with that. I'd like to raise the income cap. I'd also like to see there was a bill that died, I think, in committee where they were going to allow the towns to use their local property tax money that was going towards the local education. They could towns like select boards could or the education boards, select boards, however, they're uh, divvying up the cash can decide to use some of that towards education freedom accounts, like a supplement program, like making up the other like 80 percent that you'd need maybe for to send your kid to whatever school you'd like or even homeschool. So. Excellent. And you have a whole page about crypto. I don't think. About that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Crypto. I mean, I know that the, the markets are up and down and all that stuff. I do believe that cryptocurrency and it, it, that type of technology is the, the way we get out from underneath like the Federal Reserve, like printing our money out of nothing and devaluing all our savings. So it's like, I'm going door to door knocking right now. And like everyone's fear, I'm, I'm hitting a lot of like elderly homes, like the pe people that are living on like a, a fixed income budget. They you know, they, they planned, right? They planned ahead. They saved wisely. They had whatever that was in their savings. And now those savings are being basically taxed through inflation so that what they had is not worth what it was yesterday and each subsequent day. And to me, I thought that uh, I still believe that crypto is the way out of that. As long as we don't get bastardized with like CBDCs, the, uh, the Federal Reserve's version of crypto, that they could just turn your money off if you don't get your vaccine jabs because that's the end goal of that. But I, yeah, Bitcoin and uh, Ethereum, et cetera, I do support all of those. Silver. Silver, yeah, you're, I do agree with that. I've been in debates with people about the, and like gold backs, I like the concept of the gold back currency. Uh, I also, I, I have nothing against, I want competing currencies, honestly. Exactly. Like I, that's the way to go. I'm not saying we go all in on, on Bitcoin, the one, there should be lots of crypto and they should all compete with each other and then there should be things like precious metals that also compete and can be used as currency and if we want fiat like dollars for you know hand-to-hand -hand transfer if you don't have power in the middle of the woods sure we can have fiat <laughs> we can continue doing that well that's why we have gold backs so we can do yeah if we do oh that's a good point yeah never mind we don't need fiat at all but I mean, silver bits. let it compete yeah, I was going to say, let the fiat compete, put it in the market. Let's see who would everyone decides. So as a legislator, you wouldn't support any legislation to support or to suppress any kind of currency? No, absolutely. Uh, well, support currency. Yeah, I would uh, anything that would allow. So um, what's it like El, El Salvador? So like they they just decreed that they accept, I think, US dollar and Bitcoin at every store ever. I wouldn't decree anything. I would just make it potentially easier, perhaps even allow like uh, them to pay their business taxes in different forms of currency at the state level, then that would encourage them to collect that type of currency. Stuff like that could potentially work. Are you familiar with the Crypto 6 raid and the charges they're facing federally? Yeah, vaguely. I, I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they were just, were they running like an exchange between themselves? They, they did some sales i think they sold um they had an exchange or whatever they sold mm -hmm. um cryptocurrencies for a while and and right. because of whatever law of telling the bank or not telling the bank enough about exactly what crypto they were doing buying or selling or whatever the federal yeah. government charged them with a whole bunch of bs of money laundering which is bs and wire fraud both of which are literally mean nothing they mean that you transferred yeah. money that might have been used in a crime theoretically which cash mm -hmm. is obviously more fungible even and more um, uh, yeah, no. private and unknown. So they're being charged and facing like 420 years in federal prison. Um, and again, that, yeah. that massive raid was conducted by, by like six federal agencies because all the agencies have SWAT teams and the local keen police helped as well. 
So as a legislator, what would you do about that? I know they're facing federal charges currently, but what kind of ideas could you get creative with? So, I mean, the template of 1178 is like, I think uh, a thing you could do to expand forward with any type of blocking any agency. So like if the SEC rolls up with their Bearcats that I, they apparently have, that we, our local law enforcement wouldn't be allowed to help them. And we could do that for any, like you take any three letter agency and we could just say, yeah, the, we can't help them. We can't help the Department of Education with, with their their raids that apparently they need their AR-15s and we can't have them. I don't know if you saw Bill Mass or um, Thomas Massey on oh, the floor yeah. this week. <laughs> it's like well, part of the Department of Agriculture and the they need Department weapons of war, but we can't have weapons. Weapon <laughs> using your language, weapons of war. They need them, like, but yeah. So like, they're uh, I'm assuming the Department of Education is going to show up with their Bearcats and they will raid your house. I won't allow our local law enforcement to help them do so. Excellent. Any other big topics before we go? Any other uh, big uh, issues for you? I, I mean, energy is a big one, but that's also kind of like a federal thing because like everything ends up going across state lines. Like the grid is so interconnected and energy costs are going up. Like I am a nuclear guy. I, I support nuclear. I guess like, I don't know. Like I can't just speak expertly about nuclear, like the cost of like opening a new reactor, the regulatory overhead that's from like the nuclear commission. That's a federal thing that we have mm -hmm. to deal with. And I almost, I understand that like, yes, we want safe reactors. The, the things are dangerous if they explode, so on and so forth. If they melt down, technology's come a long way since three mile Island technology's come a long way since uh, Chernobyl. Well, the important thing is would you ban fossil fuels immediately as legislator because no. of global warming? And I wasn't even done yet. The global warming. Sorry. The sea level's rising. I've heard Portsmouth is already half underwater. Um, oh, right. Because Miami's already underwater because they said yeah. 20 years ago it'll be underwater within 10 years. So you wouldn't ban fossil fuels. No. Yeah. Yeah. There's no more Miami. We all know this. This is, uh, yeah. We've been told Miami's going to be underwater. It's gone. So I'm sad, but I definitely, you know, at that point, we're, we're too far gone. Let's, uh, no more Miami. This is where we're at. Uh, no, I, would, I wouldn't ban any fossil fuel. I actually have, um, if you want to be on the energy committee, once once you're elected, hopefully, if you want to be on the energy mm -hmm. science and technology committee, I have at least two friends that are libertarian on the committee that I know of who are really good, okay. really smart. They have a background and one's a big nuclear energy guy. Um, and the other one, I assume, has a background also in some kind of energy. So I'll hook you up with them. Um, awesome. They're both awesome and, and also pro-independence. So he helped, actually helped me work on the article and the chapter for the book about about what energy would look like. And it turns out it would mm -hmm. be a lot better because without the EPA and the federal nuclear um, regulatory agency, the, the NRC or whatever, um, we would be a billion times easier to make new, more nuclear yeah. plants. Right now we have one at Seabrook, but without federal regulations, yeah. it would be possible to make 15 more, meaning we'll have mm -hmm. such a, an abundance of energy, the energy cost in New Hampshire, which by the way, Eversource just doubled and Eversource is the monopoly that yeah. controls all the energy here. The price mm -hmm. has just doubled and I'm freaking out because I can't double 370 in a month. That's like 700 bucks. Yeah. So, Right, if right. Want cost of, to go uh, down. Yeah, if we could build another one more nuclear energy plant, which again, I am sure right now it, it, it's impossible with federal regulations. It probably takes decades and billions of dollars with red tape and yeah. a lot of other issues. But once we're, you know, without the federal government in, in the picture, and that's why I think both these guys on this committee also support independence, I believe. One of them said he wants yeah. to co sponsor next year. So the question for you um, I don't know if you saw the poll from nhindependence.org. <laughs> Survey USA did a yeah. poll and it found that 52% of Republicans in New Hampshire and about a third overall in New Hampshire, but a majority of Republicans support independence. Would you at least support putting it on the ballot so the people could vote on independence? Or would, are you in the majority of Republicans in that regard? I, I, I yeah, I understand your question. And I, the problem is I don't necessarily, I, I'm not done fighting the federal government yet to just like cut ties. I would rather like combatively go against them. Like in, like, I want to take them to court. I want to, because 
it's to me like I'm a fighter, right? So like I, I'm not the kind of I don't want to just pull up stakes and leave. I like I I did it to get to New Hampshire. I had to fight. I fought as best I could in New in Massachusetts to try to like make my life better down there during lockdowns. That was an unwinnable war. I just got to New Hampshire. I and now like running for office to me is a step in progress in the direction that I want to go. Where I'm fighting the fight. I want to take it to these agencies. I want to do stuff like maybe like we'll see in like you know, uh, maybe a, another term, maybe one term will burn me out. And I'd be like, there's no fighting this monster. But the fact that we're already putting leg legislation in place that like blocks vaccine mandates blocks, like these are the things that I want to see happen. And to me, if the federal government just can't do anything or operate in the state, it's a functionally, aside from like the, the stuff that we can't do anything about like income tax, like that's going to require a constitutional amendment. Aside from stuff like that, like it's like, well, the ATF can't set foot in the state. The Federal Department of Education, we we barred our schools from accepting the federal money to, that corrupts the youth. And, yes, and, and so that's exactly it. So I, I want to talk yeah. about grants. So so I yep. hear about nullification a lot, and I've written about it. So in my mm -hmm. first book, Blueprint for Liberty, I address yep. all this and why all the methods that don't work as far as having freedom here. And like, like you yep. said, New Hampshire is very free, but we can only get to this level of freedom because the federal government mm -hmm. has federal laws. If we want to get to right. maximum freedom, we can't do it in the union. And here's why. We can nullify federal laws. We can nullify gun laws. We can nullify cannabis and other stuff. Yeah. Eventually, as I'm sure you know, roughly half the state budget of $6 billion comes from D.C. Yes. I don't say it's federal yes, money because they steal it from all of us. It's taxpayer money, or they yep. it, which is worse. And the, the money comes to us, around half the money for the budget, by grants. So these are all different grants, like a billion to our HHS, a billion to our uh, DOS, yeah. Highway Traffic Safety Police. By the way, all the um, checkpoints for obviously CBP and ICE, but also police riding checkpoints and all the bear mm -hmm. cats and drones all come from DHS. They're all federal money. So without yeah. the federal government, we, we might not have nearly the police state we have now because all, all their bear cats and drones are federal. So anyway, mm -hmm. once once we do nullify enough laws that pisses them off, especially Democrats in power, but also statists Republicans, they're going to cut the yep. grants. They're to say, okay, if you're going to nullify our laws, you don't want to be part of us, we're going to cut off grants, meaning we would lose, we're still paying federal income tax, people in the state, all the federal taxes, mm -hmm. but we wouldn't get the money back via the grants. And then, so the next step is either giving in and and stopping to nullify laws, which would be sad, or if we have a legislature, people like you and others with, with some courage in the legislature and a, a decent governor, mm -hmm. we could say, okay, if, if you're not going to give us the money back and you're going to force us to obey all your terrible laws and not let us have states' rights, then we're going to sever ties and not even pay taxes. And at that point, we have independence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that point, functionally, by not paying into their system, uh, we have it through through those means. And I agree. Like uh, the whole just so that one CR CACR thirty two. I was just like, it's two sentences. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, this is this is ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, two sentences, and we're just going to cut ties. Like, there's so many things we need to address. And I know in your books you you address them, but it's just like as this incremental approach where I'm just like, okay, well, we block this, we block that, we block this. There will be a point where they're going to threaten to get, it's like, well, we're going to take your money out of your paycheck and you're not going to be able to do anything about it. And you're not going to see a cent back to me. That is just the most, like they can, they argue that it's not theft because the money comes back. Like, oh, taxation isn't theft because it's the price you pay to live in society. And the money comes back in the form of the grants and whatever programs, but it's never as simple as we took, $30 from you and we give you back $30 in the form of like police support. It's we take $30 from you and we give you $5 back and that money has strings attached to it. You have to play ball to get that $5. Exactly. And, you should be grateful and the for that other $25 is either going to Zelensky 
or Xi Jinping, yeah. or it's it's being yeah. wasted on the F-35 program, which is a sinkhole of $1.7 trillion, or yeah. it's being used to pay the thugs who abuse us, like the thugs who, mm-hmm. who raided my friend's house and is trying to put him in prison for life. So it's actually used against mm-hmm. us. Most of the money is actually not wasted or used for good. I think most of the money the federal government spends is used to do evil things and to abuse us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, I'm I'm with you, and that's the problem. And uh, until we can like, I, we're never going to get buy off from the Democrats, right? And I agree that I like, I I don't want to leave the United States. I like I like the the premise. I would like to see other states stand up the same way we are. And the more things get nullified, it just becomes the government, the federal government ends up becoming ineffective. And it's like, it becomes kind of like a joke. It'd be like, oh, that agent, that entire bureau, that's just something we end up paying money to. And they just suck. We're like, we're all trying to sue them to get our money back. Because that could be the end result. If we accept zero federal dollars, they have no leg to stand on for uh, the income tax. Like, okay, so you're just going to take our money taxation without representation type thing like it, not exactly because we get to send people to dc but fat good it's doing us you know so i don't know man yeah that's an interesting point all right so how can people find out more about you and your campaign so uh, my website's uh, manion 4 nh that's number four a lot of people up here do that so it's like manion the number four nh.com has like uh my issues uh it also links to all my other my social medias i'm, I'm pretty active on twitter and facebook um, so, and I'm, I'm pretty quick to reply. So I would love to just chat with people. So hit me up. Excellent. And, and if people want to help you, I assume you'll take help door knocking or donations. I, I'd love it. Yeah. I, I have a donate button on that website and uh, it comes through and I'll get that. And uh, door, if anybody ever wants to come help me door knock and uh, Pelham, I'd love it. I got a spreadsheet and I'm like 40% through my knock list, making good progress. Got, got uh, what do I got? Two months left, less than two months now. So the primary. Excellent. Right. And when is the primary day? September 13th. Fantastic. All right. And people know where to vote. Where do they vote in Pelham? Uh, it's at the high school. Okay. Excellent. I'm assuming Pelham people know what that means. All right, Tom, thank you yep. so much. Check out Mannion4NH.com. We'll hopefully have you back after the primary and we're rooting for you. Thank you so much. And check out LibertyBlock.com for more. Have a great day. Awesome. Cool. Thank you.